Hello there, beautiful listeners. My name's Tommy. Name's Aaron. And welcome to episode four of the Superpod Saga, the podcast where Aaron and I are on a journey to talk about every single video game topic in existence. Yep, it's it's going so very slowly, but we'll, we'll get there. Too. Just just like the ancient Vikings did when they when they crossed the seas. Yes, and settled into the great land of Minnesota. Oh. And then proceeded to pillage other bordering states. Yinga dinga Durgan. Um, <laughs> I can say that because I'm Swedish. <laughs> today, today, Aaron picked the topic. What's our topic of the day, Aaron? Uh, today we're talking about hidden gems, uh, which is basically just a, a short, cool way of saying obscure video games that we like. Yeah, we're not talking about emeralds or rubies or diamonds. We're talking about video games, not actual gems. I just want to put that out there for anyone who might be confused. Um, yeah, gems are, are worthless compared to these these sweet, <laughs> sweet gems that we've found that we dug up in our in our years, our video game careers. Yes, I'm excited because I have how many? How many do you have? Um, I have one, one, two, three, five, six, at least eight. Okay. I have six. I was expecting you to have more because you play more obscure stuff than me. But I've got at least three or four that I'm sure you haven't heard of, and I'm excited to talk about them. I'm sure you are excited too, so you go first. Okay. Well, yeah, the, the first one is one that I've, I've ranted to you about throughout our years of uh, just messaging back and forth on Messenger, but that's the Etrian Odyssey series. Mm-hmm. But if I have to be, if I have to pick one game but I like the most, it would probably be uh, Etrian Odyssey Nexus. Also, I'm not sure if it's pronounced Etrian or Etrian. I'm going to say Etrian, so don't, gonna, don't at me, please. I'm going to say Etrian. I think it's going to be French. <laughs> Etrian Odyssey? <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's great because uh, basically what it is is it's just like a like a dungeon-crawling RPG Um basically like like the original fantasy star or like older uh megami tensei but yeah you just you plow through dungeons in like a first person perspective oh and what's cool is that uh they're all on like the ds and 3ds so the top screen is where you'll like you'll navigate and you'll you'll push buttons to go to this place and that but uh on the bottom screen like along the way you'll draw your map as you go um and i mean there's settings for it to auto draw the map, but that's stupid and dumb and lame. It defeats the purpose. Why not just draw the map with your stylus that the system gives you for free? Um, but yeah, and you put down little markers here and there. But um, there's also tons and tons of character customization as well too. Um, so you have you have like five characters in your party. You have a front row and a back row. Front row obviously is where you want your beefy boys that are going to soak up hits mm-hmm. or dodge hits. Um, and back row is your like squishier fellas that throw arrows and spells and junk. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, there, there's all sorts of crazy classes. Like they kind of like break the mold as far as classes go because there's not just like your usual warrior and priest and mage. It's more like uh, there's one called a. Um, what is it? Uh, like a, there's one called a, a sovereign, where like it, uh, it's it's a back row one that um, can provide buffs to a, to a, a row of your party while also healing them, 
and it'll cleanse them of other stuff as well too. Uh, it, it's great. It's such a good series. Uh, if if you have a three a 3DS or at least a DS, um, they're, they're probably climbing up there in price now since the yeah. 3DS is uh, kind of shutting down the eShop now. But yeah, definitely check them out because they're they're super duper good. If you enjoy like complex like statistics based RPGs, they're super duper good. Is this a series exclusive to the DS and 3DS, or is it on other systems too? Um, as far as I know, it's only on 3DS, or DS and 3DS, but there's also, like, some games that try to, that kind of have the same, like, formula. Like, there's a couple games on the Switch that have the same formula, where you navigate dungeons and the map auto-draws and stuff, but... This series in specific is only on DS and 3DS. That's wild that they were like, let's make a first-person dungeon crawler on this handheld system. I know, and it's and it's it's so wild, but there's just so much you can do to it. Like you can, depending on the game, you can multi-class, and you, you can you can customize like your character portraits, pick different voices for them, and like I'm a, a huge huge goon, and like I like to come up with character backstories and like mm. profiles and stuff. I play the game like I would with D&D. Um, so if you're into that kind of stuff, yeah, it's it's super, super fun, super good. Challenging as hell for sure, but it's it's worth your time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start off with probably my most obscure hidden gem. It's, oh, yes. It is a game called MLB Power Pros that came out for the Nintendo Wii and PlayStation 2 in 2007. The odds of this game existing are so wild. So the Power Pro series is a baseball, it's a it's a simulation style baseball game, except the players look like little bobbleheads almost. And it's a game that's been published by Konami in Japan since the 1990s. It's a series that's been going on. What was that? Also, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's been going for like three decades now in Japan. And they decided to make an American version in 2007 for the Nintendo Wii, which, as you know, is the motion control system, but it had zero motion controls in it. It, it was all simulation. And and when you look at it, it looks like a, a kid's game because they're like little almost... They're like a mix between Rayman and Bobbleheads, like they have feet but no legs, and it's very cartoony. But the game itself is actually insanely deep. Like, it is the deepest baseball game you can probably find on consoles. Like the, even, even deeper than the show? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Because you, you, you specify, like, all the trainings and stuff that people do, and, and there's tons of... It's... It was too in depth for me almost because it's just, it's just so much to do. Like, uh, like in in the show, the focus is on actually playing the game and and like oh, yeah. doing the hitting, the pitching, the running. That is like exquisite. And in MLB Power Pros, there's a bunch of behind the scenes stuff where you like decide what player trains and what. And it, they have all these links. Like if they train with a, a similar player, a different player, they get boosts and and just mind-blowing that they were like let's take this japanese only series put major league players in it and release it on the wii and playstation 2 
and they had one more that came out in 2008, and then they had a mobile version in 2010, and that was it. It was not very successful at all. It, it definitely did not, did not catch on. But it's just such a hard sell, like a, uh, a Nintendo Wii baseball game with no motion controls that is insanely in-depth. But I, I really appreciate it for what it tried to do, and I wish it would have caught on more. Yeah, that's it's so wild to me that uh, that baseball is so popular in Japan, oh, being I an American it. sport. That, that's that's still super cool. Though. I, I love that. That's cool. I know, I know you don't care, but I love Japanese baseball because their style is totally different. Where Major League American baseball is all about power and hitting home runs. Japanese yeah. baseball is like slapping at the ball and just trying to hit it anywhere in the field and run really fast. And it there's a there's a new thing called the World Baseball Classic, newish. That's like the World Cup, but for baseball. And Japan won the first two, even though this is America's sport. And no way. Yeah, Japan won the first two. The Dominican Rep- Republic won the third, and the U.S. didn't win until the last one, which was like three years ago. Japan is very good at baseball. <sighs> Do they? Oh my gosh. Why is Japan like I? I love or I, 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 I like the USA. It's cool. Obviously, I'm from here. But like <laughs> Japan is so much better. Like, yeah, yeah. My dream is to go to a Japanese league baseball game sometime. Just see them slapping the ball with their bare hands and just sprinting <laughs> out there like gazelle. <laughs> I had to show you. Did I send you the guy? Uh, there was a new manager this year in the Japanese league, and did I tell you about this? The Metal Gear Solid think, connection to it. I think you did, but I mean, yeah, you, you can go, you can go on about he, it again. They uh, they have to fill out a form every year for like, hey, I'm going to play in the league. Here's my information and stuff. And there was no rule like where you put your name. There was no rule that said you had to put your legal name. So he put his name as oh, Big. Yeah. He put his name as Big Boss from the Metal Gear Solid series. And the league was like, cool, do it. Your name's Big Boss from now on. So on his jersey, it says Big Boss, and he dresses like he's from Metal Gear Solid. It's super cool. Oh, my gosh. Does he, <laughs> does he have, like, all sorts of camo and stuff? Yeah, sunglasses, camo. Oh, it's so cool. They are so much better than us. We have these <laughs> stupid <laughs> jerseys and, like, I'm, oh sorry to the, no. I'm sorry to people who are, like, who love American baseball, but that just sounds so much. I would want to be like, with some goofy name like like the Trash Man who's running around <laughs> the field as the Trash Man. <laughs> American nice baseball. Tra- American baseball takes itself so overly seriously. There are unwritten rules which you cannot break or you will be shunned. Like uh, <laughs> if the other, if you don't have a hit yet and you try to bunt it by like just tapping the ball where there's no fielder, the next time you come mm-hmm. up, they'll throw a pitch at you. Like a ninety mile an hour fastball to the head to be like, how dare you? <laughs> really? Yeah, oh. yeah. Man, it's frustrating. <laughs> Up next on the baseball podcast, we have <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one one that I really love, and it's an absolute crime that it's not more popular because it's super super good. Is Sushi Striker? Mm. Um, oh my gosh! So so. Um, this one's on both the, the 3DS and the Switch, um, but it's the 3DS, 3DS version, it, yeah, it's, if, if you enjoy, like, everything on one screen while also using your finger to, like, connect shit, the Switch version is I. but 3DS version, I feel like, is, like, 
way more precise. But uh, um, so so basically, what it is, it's like a um, a puzzle RPG, pretty much. Um, but like, what you do in it is so like there's uh, combat sequences, which are basically where you do the puzzle stuff, and you basically connect. There will be um, basically the whole combat thing is like these little conveyor belts with sushi on them. Um, and there'll be different colored plates with different, I guess, kinds of sushi on them. And basically what you do is you use your stylus or finger, depending on what you know system you're playing on, and uh, you have to link different colors of plates together. And uh, and then, of course, you'll make a stack of those plates, and you, you'll throw those stacks of plates to attack. But it's um, it's just unreasonably deep because there's, like, there's different layers to it, so like different colors of plates um, do different amounts of damage, and then if you if you chain together seven or more plates, you'll spawn a glowing plate. If you have a glowing plate in there, that deal, that plate itself does an extra twenty percent damage. And then if you chain together like the same color of plates, uh, you'll do more damage. If you're in jubilee mode, you'll do more damage. It, there's just so much so much goofy garbage about this game but it's it's also great because there's like anime style cutscenes there's a there's just like a really like unreasonable amount of depth to the combat because like there, there's just a bajillion things that that can like I guess determine how much damage you do with your attacks because like so um different colors of plates have different uh I guess do different amounts of damage. Like there's higher grade colors that do more damage than other colors. And then uh, if, if you link seven, or guess the number of plates also in a stack uh, will also determine how much damage you do. But then if you link together seven or more plates, it'll spawn a glowing plate. And that glowing plate also deals more damage. Um, Oh man, and then there, there's just uh, just a ton of other stuff I could just keep going on, on and on about. But uh, yeah, then there's uh, there's like a Pokemon kind of element to it with these things called sushi oh. sprites, and um, as you battle, they'll level up. But what they do is they give you um, more defense, and they have different skills that uh, you can activate during battle. Like some will be like, uh, you know, all the plates that are out right now are one color, so you can link them all together, or like add three to whatever you just linked or um yeah there's all sorts of cool stuff but um it's just it should be a crime that it's so overlooked because it's so good um i'm surprised i'm surprised because that game is developed and published by nintendo themselves and it's kind of like they just forgot about it and, and what's also weird is, like, at first they were like, oh, it's going to be on the 3DS only. And then, like, maybe a month or two before it was released, they were like, uh, they were like oh, but it's also going to be on Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, super weird, too. It's just, it's it's a crime. It's so good. Please check it out if you like puzzle games and, like, I guess RPGs, too. But it's mostly a puzzle game, but it's really good. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to keep rolling on the Nintendo train. I'm not sure if this counts as a hidden gem because it came out 
let's see. No, I was four years old when it came out, so I don't remember the reception to it or anything, but I feel like it's a game that no one knows about. And I'm going to tell you about Kirby's Dream Course. It, Ooh. Yep, it, I know that. It is... I, it's so hard to describe. It's almost like a golf game, but you play as Kirby, the little pink puffball, you know? And I'm saying it as a hidden gem because it is one of the most fun multiplayer games I've ever played. It has an almost obscene amount of depth and mechanics to it. So it, there's like, I want to say eight quote-unquote holes per area, stage or whatever, and you start on like a plane it's like a, a square or a diamond plane with enemies and and different uh Back. different grounds and stuff like there's water or sand or whatever and what you want to do is you want to you have your your setup like you have a dotted line showing where kirby's gonna go and you can aim all over the place you can put curvature you can put air under you so that you bounce there's tons of stuff with that and you want to you and your opponent have to touch every enemy on the stage and when you touch an enemy you get one star they turn into a floating star and while that floating star is there your enemy can touch that star and it changes to their color and you want to get the most stars and the last enemy turns into a hole and if you go into that hole you get two stars so it's this back and forth battle of trying to knock out enemies but also trying to steal stars from your opponent because they're just sitting on the stage and kirby's special thing is he can take over enemies powers and that happens in this game too when you touch an enemy you gain their power which could be like he turns into a rock or he turns into a tornado and can go around the place or he can jump really high or he can use an umbrella when he falls there's tons of different ones so you got to plan out which enemy you want to get when so that you can use your superpower to stop your opponent from getting more stars and and it's just so much fun it is tons of fun i i had played it with a friend and we just played over and over again and it's a game that i don't think people remember because it came out for the super nintendo and it's a kirby golf themed game but it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful game. Is that um is that on the Switch online? SNES yes, site? yes, it is. It it one hundred percent is. Oh, but well, I'm gonna check that. It's this. I I don't know if I'd recommend single player because it's not as fun as playing against an opponent because you're oh and there's even like a stamina thing like if you take seven shots, Kirby falls asleep, and so your opponent gets two turns. And you can hit your opponent to make their stamina go down. So there's that part in play, too. There's just so many things to keep track of. And at the end of the day, you're <laughs> trying to, to aim your shots just perfectly to go around stuff and, and go into stuff. And it's it's so, so fun. It's so it's so weird how, like, versatile Kirby is. Or I guess, like, it's probably just the minds behind it. But, like, because there's also, like, Kirby Air Ride. Did you ever play that? The racing game for the GameCube? No, I did not play the Kirby racing game. <laughs> oh, that was so good, too. Oh, my gosh. So, like, you know how he has this, like, little little warp star thing that he rides around? Yeah, around? yeah, yeah. There, there were different types of stars that do different things. Like, there was, like, the slippery star that was, like, hard to control, but it was super quick. Um, there was, like, the formula star that has, like, the highest top speed, but, like, it has just ass for, for like, handling. <laughs> He's um, got ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was such a cool game. 
I had the only Kirby game I've ever owned was Kirby Tilt and Tumble for the Game Boy Color. It uh, it had a motion sensor in it, and you didn't use oh, yeah. any you didn't use any button. You just tilted the Game Boy around, and he would roll throughout the levels. And you'd have to like flip it up to make him jump over gaps and stuff. It was it was really difficult for child me, but that was that was the only Kirby game I've ever owned. They've done so much with that little guy. Yeah. It's, it's insane. They have uh, the they have the sorry they have the the side scrolling monster hunter type game where you could play with friends. Yeah. That was so bizarre. I had fun with that for the hour I played of it. It was it was cool. The ones that there was there's like a warrior. Yeah, there's doctor, different classes. Like mage and like that was kind of cool. Um. But yeah, so so my next one is another another puzzle game because like they're they're just hard to not love. Uh, but you've heard me talk about Grindstone before. Oh, I love so, Grindstone. Yeah, like no nobody ever talks about this game, but it's it's super fun because like is uh what is it? So so you chain together, um, you chain together creeps of the same color. And then, uh, depending on how many chain together, you'll spawn like a a, a a grind stone that basically acts as like a wild card. You can like chain through this color of creeps, hit a hit a stone, and then you chain through a different color, and then you just there's like different um, weapons and like shields and costumes you can unlock that change the that like kind of change what you can do out there in the field. Um, and then there's just there's other things that further add to that depth too. Like there's these like you can equip food to uh, to your lunchbox and it'll be like uh, oh spawn some fucking barbecue ribs that you can chain through that act as like any color and like when you chain through some ribs it breaks off into like smaller pieces of ribs. Um, and like it's it's just it's so fun. The, the music is super chill. Like I have. Um, like I have like a whole playlist of like the entire soundtrack on YouTube music saved because it's so freaking good. Um, and then the visuals are super cool because it's like, like regular show slash adventure timey kind of. Oh, that's a good way to describe uh, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so, it's like, it's so good. It's only like maybe 15 bucks, but, uh, 15 or 20 bucks. But if you like puzzle games slash action games because you also like chop through enemies and you can bust them apart into like little little cubes of meat and like and blood kind of because it's all pink but it's, oh my gosh it's just it's so good and there's there's so many levels oh my god it's it's, so it's uh, free if you want to subscribe to Apple Arcade that's how I played it when I had an iPhone yeah. and for me I think what makes that game so good is it's definitely a puzzle game but it's just fun it's fun in a way that other puzzle games aren't because other puzzle games are just like match the colored cubes and they disappear. And this one, you're a warrior surrounded by enemies and you have to find a way to the, instead of colored blocks, it's like colored enemies. And it's just really satisfying to like look at it and see like the lines in your head being drawn where I'm like, I'm going to go slaughter these enemies and then I'm going to go back here through these enemies. And I like that you can once you reach your goal you can keep going through the level to try and collect more stuff but it's more dangerous to do so obviously but that's another nice touch like other puzzle games are like you get to this goal and the level ends but here it's like you can keep pushing yourself to try and get further or you can go to the door and go to the next one 
Exactly. And there's and there's different obstacles that they keep that they keep like bringing into with each different like area that you move on to. So it'll be it'll be like ten stages and you move on to the next area. But like this one like jungle area has little pools of acid that you take damage, you know, if you end your turn there, or like there's these like vine monsters that continuously grow each turn and with like with each you know, extra limb when they grow, it'll take it'll take more damage basically to kill it. Um, oh my gosh, and there's just, there's just so much, there's a ton of depth to that game, and they keep updating it too with like with free stuff. Like you you pay for the game once, and you keep getting just constant updates with new content, and it's it's yeah. just so great. You can you it's can so tell good. that the developers love and understand puzzle games. Just there's a ton of love and care that went into it. It's it's really good. Oh my gosh! And please check out that fucking soundtrack too. It, I, oh, it's it's so chill, especially when you're in the, uh, was it, when you're at the pub and you're sitting like where you, where you drink to refill your health. I, I could just leave that on and just and just chill out, just vibe out for hours. It, it's so sweet. I'm gonna be honest. I'm decently confident that since I played it on iPhone, I played it with the sound off. I I can't hear in my head any music from when I was playing it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll, I'll send you a link to some of the songs. Yes. I have music. I'll, I'll listen to oh. them when I when I go back to DoorDashing later today. <laughs> um, oh, I have a game, speaking of games in genres that you can tell they understand and care about it, um, I've been trying to fill the Guitar Hero, the empty Guitar Hero hole in my heart for years and years oh okay remind me to go back to guitar hero when i'm done talking about the game yeah <laughs> uh the closest i've come to filling that rhythm game hole is a game called spin rhythm which is available exclusively on steam which is kind of wild um have you heard of spin rhythm not at all no. okay okay it's very hard to explain how it works it's it's only a two-button game. You use the space bar and the left click, and you move the mouse around too. So on the bottom of the screen, instead of it being four buttons, it's like a wheel that alternates between red and blue colors. You can only have four at a time on the screen at a time, so it's like red, blue, red, blue. But when you move the mouse left and right, it spins that wheel. Like, not fast, but like normal amount. And the, the track, it's got a track coming towards you like Guitar Hero. And it's got green lines across, which are the space bar. So when that comes, you just hit the space bar. And that's like the base, usually, for the songs. And then it's got red or blue dots, which are not lined up like the, the buttons on a Guitar Hero track. They can kind of move around wherever. And you click the left mouse along with that. Or there are sections where it shows like a left or a right arrows and that's where you click and spin that's where the spin and the spin rhythm comes from and it's very hard to describe in words i recommend looking up a video but it it gets you into a rhythm unlike anything i've ever seen you'll be like spinning and tapping along and moving the wheel to match the notes and it's it's just uh you get into the flow state which you really like to do in in music games like like I'm, it feels like you're actually oh, yeah. spinning along to the music what were you gonna say I just said, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The The only complaint I have is m most of the music is electronic music that I don't listen to. There's no other oh. genres. It's only uh, electronic beat-like music. 
which is it's fine it fits it fits the 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 style they're going for but i i like i like my rock music <laughs> right oh yeah remember oh man okay not to get us off not to get us off track again i guess that's that's our whole spiel is, is us getting off track but yeah, yeah, yeah. um you remember in high school when we were supposed to do like term papers and we both did it on the history of metal yeah i know exactly yeah yeah a hundred percent Oh yeah, yep. I know all about that. <laughs> we, we both we both did our term papers, our end of semester papers on the history of heavy metal, and I remember the the teacher. We had to give an oral presentation, and the teacher asked if anyone wanted to volunteer, and I was like, "I'm going to look." I I hate giving speeches. That is my least favorite thing in the world. It always has been, always will be. And so I was like, yeah. "No matter what, I don't want to go first. And so I was like, "I'm going to look at her." dead in the eye and look confident because she's going to pick someone who's like looking away and doesn't want to go and i'm going to look confident <laughs> and she was like tommy you should know never to look at the teacher when they ask for volunteers you can go first and i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah the speeches suck I, I i mean now that i'm 31 the hell years old it's like a little bit easier for me but still like if it was in front of millions of people I, i'd just be like no uh, no, I'm, I'm sitting that shit out. I'm That's still just the bird. It's still a nightmare. Yeah. I remember, okay, so Wikipedia did me dirty. I remember one of the things I said in my article, in my speech was uh, I was going to talk about the number of different members of a band because you can have like your power trio of bass, guitar, drums, or whatever. And I remember putting right. in there, I read on Wikipedia that uh, Queens of the Stone Age had 50 plus members in the band. And that is 100% not true. <laughs> like they I, might have had. I know they've had. The kind of, sorry, go on. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, was was it kind of like former members or something? I don't know. I just remember saying that and and being like, "Wow, they, that's a lot of people." Because I didn't actually listen to Queens of the Stone Age back then. Because because I remember they were described as stoner rock, and I was like, "Weed? No, they can't." Weed is bad. <laughs> high school, I can't. I know, exactly. And I love Queens of the Stone Age now. They're definitely one of my favorite bands. But they don't have 50 members. They they maybe worked with 50 people throughout their time, but not... I wouldn't say they've had 50 direct members. Um, I oh, want to... reminds me... Yeah, go, go. Uh, sorry, go. All right, I, I was going to say, this isn't related to this at all, but it, it's more like, like, a, like a metal thing, but... Did you know that they have they have a, a smite or in in smite they have a Slipknot event where yep. you can get different uh, Slipknot skins for different characters like Poseidon, Chalk, and uh, I forget the other one, but it's it's so odd. It's I so didn't I didn't know that that's cool. how it worked. I saw that it was a thing, and I just assumed that Slipknot was going to be a a character option. But that's even more weird that they're skins for already existing characters. And what's what's even weirder about it too is it's like. Well, there's only three characters that have Slipknot skins, but there's three skins for each character. So, like, for, for Chuck, there's three skins. For Poseidon, there's three skins. Oh. And I, I still forget who the hell the other one was that got Slipknot skins, but it's just the weirdest goddamn thing. It's have, cool. Have they said if, like, members of Slipknot play Smite? Or... They, I don't think they do. Uh... How, how did those sides even come together then? <laughs> Smite's done some pretty cool crossovers so far. Like they had a, was it they had Ninja Turtles? Yep. Um, Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I forget the other ones. Uh, Avatar? Yeah. Smite's been around for a long time, but it feels like only recently they started doing these wild skins. Or, unless I'm wrong. Yeah. No, that's, they, they only started doing crossovers, I think, like maybe maybe three years ago, three or four years ago. I have to uh, go back to Guitar Hero before I forget. That's so, fine. Guitar Hero was always the five buttons, the, the red, blue, green, orange, whatever the fifth one was. Yeah. I'm missing one. But did you ever see or play the most recent one, Guitar Hero Live? Uh, no, I did not. They completely changed the guitar buttons in what I think was the worst way imaginable. Instead of one row of five, it was two rows of three, and the bottom or top was white, and the other side was black. So it was three black buttons, three white buttons on top of each other. I That's weird. I tried playing it in a GameStop on like the easiest difficult well i tried playing on an expert because i'm very good at guitar hero first and i couldn't do it i dropped it down to medium and i couldn't do it i could not read the 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 tracks the buttons or whatever i could not figure out how to they wanted to do it so it could feel more like you're playing chords and and you could technically go up and down six notes instead of five but i hated it i don't know why you would take like something that's been the same for 10 15 years and change it completely and, and that killed Guitar Hero once and for all, too. Dude, yeah. Um, it, it hit, I, I, I feel like it really hit its peak with, like, with maybe Guitar Hero 3, but... Yeah. Man, like, I didn't play a lot of the ones that were based on bands, like, uh... Like, I played a little bit of Metallica, but, like, that was it. I played a butt-ton of Metallica. That was probably my favorite just for the challenge aspect of it, because I loved playing on expert and challenging myself i remember when guitar hero one and two i never really played those that much but they had a lot of covers of, of yeah. artists because they couldn't get the actual artists and then guitar hero three also had covers and and then it just switched because it came super popular and i remember people when they announced guitar hero metallica everyone was like well it's gonna have to be all covers because there's no way metallica would give the rights to their songs and it was zero covers it was all metallica and like I don't think they had covers again after Guitar Hero 3. Really, it was, was really cool how they blew up in popularity like that. They, they need to bring that back. Well, it. Bring it back? Games. Rock Band 4 still releasing songs every week. Oh, that's true. They, they, how have they run out of songs? Well, I guess there's like, there's like a billion songs, but... Hold on, we're going to do... Take... We're going to do our weekly rock band update on June 2nd. You can now play Devil's Haircut, Saw Lightning, and Sex Laws from Beck. Those are the three newest songs. That's, that's a true lot. That's your rock band update for June 2022. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Let's let's get back to oh, hidden gems. What? <laughs> what oh, yeah. uh, I think it was on me now, right? Because you did yep. the, the spin spin rhythm. Spin rhythm. Uh, all right. Uh, so this next one, it's it's another 3DS game because that game just or that console just has so many games that nobody talks about that are just so fucking good. Um, I guess I I played too much on the 3DS anyway, but it's just it's so fucking good. But Pocket Card Jockey, oh my god. Have you ever played that? That's made by someone I know. 
Is it my Game Freak? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the ones. <laughs> that's the one. You know them, you love them, the Pokemon guys. Um, but so so Pocket Card Jockey is it, it's so extremely addictive because basically what it is it's it's like horse racing plus solitaire. Um, so basically, um, that's it, the story. I forget. You just do races because you're dead and you come back to life or something crazy. But um, basically, so your, your horse will compete in races like around this track, and in order to, to determine like how well the race goes, you'll play different games of solitaire. And you know, if you have cards left on the table after time runs out, that'll affect your horse's attitude, which determines like how well it does on the home stretch or something like that. But solitaire on its own is already pretty pretty fun. Maybe I'm just because I'm maybe it's just because I'm 31 years old that I enjoy me some solitaire every now and again. But uh, no, um, and then there's like kind of like Pokemon-ish aspects to it. You can kind of tell where Game Freak came in with that. Yeah, yeah, you, you can, after a horse reaches a certain age, you'll put them in what's called the farm, and you can have them breed with other horses, and uh, of course that'll determine, like, their stats, because they'll level up after races and stuff and learn different skills. Um, yeah, you can breed with other horses, make different, like, breeds that have different stats, different skills, um, and oh my god, and there's different, like, there's items you can buy for races that make things easier. Um, oh, it, it's just, it's... It's so much fun. Again, if you have a 3DS and you have maybe like $10 or whatever the hell it is, buy it. Like, I don't think you can pay the credit card through the 3DS eShop on the 3DS itself anymore, but you can go to the website and do it. But I was going to uh, say, that's going to be hard to do. Um, yeah. Like, I, have to, I have to point good. out some weird things that I just read about this game. Yes. So, two things. One, it was released in Japan in 2013 but didn't come to America, Europe, the others, until 2016. Also, yeah. it was released for iOS and Android in Japan only in November 2014, but this version shut down December 2015. What? A, a mobile-only game for a year. Um, here's, here's, here's fun. Uh, so when you pick your jockey, you can be male or female, and it changes the story based on that. I'm just going to read directly really? from Wikipedia. Yeah, are you ready for this? The male jockey wants to, the male jockey wants to one day take over his father's orange farm. Okay. The female jockey wants to one day get married and have kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Game freak. No. <laughs> Every man's dream take over a business. Every woman's dream get married and have kids. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, oranges are pretty high in vitamin C. I guess that's probably a pretty good, pretty good business. Ooh, that that made me chuckle. Oh man! But yeah, that's that's about all I have for pocket card jockey. Though it's just it's really good. Please please buy it and play it. And I mean, talk to me about it if you want. I don't. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of games that make me chuckle, gosh, I just love transitions. Um, Heave Ho. Heave Ho is oh, the most fun multiplayer game I've played in a long time. I'm just double checking to see what systems it's on, real quick. It's for sure on Switch. That's what I play it on. Switch and Steam. Is it really... That's it. Switch and Steam. Is it even, is it even better than, than Overcooked? 
Yeah, Overcooked makes me mad at the people I'm playing with. Uh, Heave Ho is fun. Oh. Uh, and, I, mean, and I get so mad at people in Overcooked. Sorry, go ahead. I actually, uh, I played Overcooked with uh, my wife and brother-in-law, and that was a disaster. We all were mad and hated each other. We literally stopped playing it. And then I played it with brother-in-law and two friends of ours who are also brothers. And they, like they like played the game as if we were in an actual restaurant and like yep. gave everyone their duties and that's what we, do. we had backup duties and stuff and that made it like run smoothly but it wasn't fun it just felt like we were working but yeah he we uh he, yeah go on yeah sorry no no i don't want to talk about overcooked anymore it makes me so fucking mad <laughs> okay that's fair heave ho makes me feel happy um, it's a, up to four players. Each of you are like this little bean head with long arms that stick out and hands. And the left stick controls where your hands are aiming around your head. And the left and right triggers squeeze your hands to grab onto things or other people. And it's just like an obstacle course from left to right or up to down and you and the three people have to work together to get to the finish line and it's just super super duper fun like trying to grab people and swing them and catch them on the other side of gaps or to to go over spikes and it's just chaos happens it's it's i've never it's uh i've never not had fun playing it and everyone i introduce it to just instantly has fun because the controls are easy to understand. The goals are easy to understand. The The only negative I have to say about it is the later levels up the challenge way too hard, way too fast. Like, it goes from being super fun and having a fun time to being difficult, and that's not, that's not what you want with playing video games with friends. But those first few levels are an absolute joy and, and so fun. And it's got a bunch of indie game skins. Like, you can, you can be the hyperlight drifter or the fall guy which was a surprise to me but just super fun and it, and it just reminded me of another game i gotta look up real quick so you should talk about something that's fine oh my god it's it's so when you were talking about how the later levels rip the challenge and make it not fun that sounds exactly like overcooked again because mm, yeah they oh my so i i guess i'll rant about it here for a moment while you look that up we so me or my myself, my wife, uh, her sister, and her brother. We all played it together, and um, you know we delegated roles and stuff. And I, I get just so fucking worked up over that game. Like you know, one missed order, and I freak out. I lash out. I'm like, I'm like, Corey. Like that's her sister. You know, I'm like, Corey. Like please deliver that food. Run the food. Fuck, I gotta wash. I, there's so many dishes. <laughs> What, what a stressful game it really does feel like work like ugh. did you ever uh get to the last level of the first game um no it, <laughs> i got too stressed out about it it's i i oh man uh how do i want to uh, f it no one's gonna listen to this that it matters i played it with my ex <laughs> and we <laughs> we got to the the last level and it is like the timer for it is legit I want to say 10 minutes and you it's it's 
there's asteroids raining down from the sky, so things get set on fire. There's nothing you can do to stop things from setting on fire, and it's a 10-minute level. So you don't know if you won or lost until the full 10 minutes. It's a nightmare, an absolute that, nightmare. Ew. Yeah, I, I'd rather I'd rather throw up for an entire day. I disagree, but... Well, I guess if I had to play it with my ex or throw up for an entire day, I'd pick throwing up for an entire day. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was that game you were looking up anyway? I'll, I'll say it later because it's a hidden gem. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so so my my next hidden gem, um, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I've ranted about it. it, it it's, again, another series I talk about all the time. I'm pretty sure I talked about it in the last one, but it's SteamWorld Heist. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just nobody talks about these fucking games and it, it should be a crime it should be a legal crime get out there and talk about the steam world series please because they're so good um but steam world heist if you haven't played it you should it's basically if you like xcom go play the fucking game oh, it's probably on sale it's always on sale probably because nobody buys them because people are crazy but um uh, i'm getting all heated again um, so it's basically like 2D XCOM. Um, so, and there's different like different characters that join your band of space pirates, and each of them are kind of like adept at, at, at different things, which makes them feel more and more like individuals, which is super cool. Like rather than having, you know, faceless soldiers that you can just meld into whatever you want, like XCOM. Um, each of the different characters really like talks. It behaves and acts like an individual. Like one of my favorites is is Billy. He's this like uh, steambot who lost his memories and he he looks like and behaves like a fish. <laughs> um, and he's best at like uh, like close combat. So like um, if you give him like some spiky brass knuckles or something, he he does a lot of melee damage and and he doesn't talk. He just says like blub and stuff like that. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, what makes it so great is that uh, rather than so so if you played XCOM, you'll get what I'm talking about. What what I hate about what I I, I like XCOM, but what I hate is like when you're right in an alien's fucking face, you have a 90% chance to hit it. Again, you're right in its face, 90% chance to hit, and you still miss. You still yes. miss your shot. It's like right there. The animation is the worst part because they're standing there face to face with their gun right in their face and the bullets just miss and you're like what yeah it, it's, it's right there i could i could throw like i could throw a quarter from my pocket at it and hit it so easily but whatever but um what makes steamroll heist so different is, is it's more based on skill than it is like luck or percentages because you can um because you can you can basically control the trajectory oh sorry the trajectory of your um, like of your guns and stuff. So like, there's grenade launchers that, of course, have like an arcing like uh, projectile that shoots out of it. You have to aim your gun in like a specific way, and you can like bounce the projectile off of like walls or something. Um, like pistols and stuff. Usually they'll have like a laser sight, and you can see like where the bullet is gonna bounce off of like different areas and eventually hit the enemy. Um, and it's just it's super good. It's I played it at least like twice through now because it's just so great i have it on the switch i have it on the 3ds i think it's also on ps4 um 
but it's it's just great. It's such a good game, and I feel like if you like turn-based strategy games, you'll really love that. I do love turn-based strategy games. I it it surprises me because you say that like no one's buying the Steam World games, but they must be selling enough to be continuing to make them. And they've got like three more that they're developing right now. So I, I agree. It's definitely a hidden gem. It's just a weird one that it's like popular enough for them to keep making it, but not popular enough because I've never, I don't, you're the only person I know that has heard of it. Like if I go to public and say, you guys see the new steam world game, they're going to be like, what? No, yeah. You need to get that news directly from me. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I mean, I'm sure they, they probably do sell like sell pretty well, but yeah, not a lot of people have really heard of them. Because like, you go up to somebody and ask like, like, hey, what's your favorite Steamroll game? They'll be like, Steam who? And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it should be a crime. I, if I ever go into government, I'll make it a crime. Oh um, my gosh, you should. <laughs> that'll be my first order of business. <laughs> Y'all, y'all must play a goddamn Steam World game or go to prison. I've been trying to think of a transition into this game, but I can't think of it. They're, they're just too different. Um, a game I'm going to talk about is Binary Domain. Oh. Which. I've seen this. It's This is such a bizarre game. So I played this back in 2012 when it came out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. I played it on pay, PlayStation 3, and... Like, a year or so ago, I learned that it was made by the Yakuza developers, which is insanely mind-blowing to me, because I had never heard of Yakuza back in 2012. I just saw this... I don't even know how... I, I have no idea why I played Binary Domain, but I did. It's a, it's a Gears of War-like. It's a third-person shooter uh, where the world... Global warming destroyed everything, and there's robots everywhere, and you go through the story... Um, really weirdly, you could put on a headset and give voice commands to your, uh, your people, your, your party members or whatever. And you could be like, go attack this person or, uh, go over there. And, uh, it, it had a really good story. It, it was, it was like in the Mass Effect era where your choices matter and the ending of the game and everyone's opinion of you changed based on the choices that you made throughout the game which was neat to have yeah. in a third person shooter and the voice thing was neat and it was it it was really good looking for the time like shooting the robots would cause parts to fly everywhere there's a lot of good action sequences and it's it's surprising uh, according to wikipedia it sold 20,000 copies in north america only 20,000 so definitely oh a lot of people God. didn't play it and they left the story on like a cliffhanger or an opening to a sequel which never happened and it's just so wild because like the yakuza devs now the yakuza series is huge and and they are incredible at making games and it's just so bizarre that in 2012 they made a third person shooter with voice commands um but it was good it was good it was really it was a really good game that is a shame i, I remember watching uh I watched uh, YouTube channel Funhouse play that, and uh, I remember them trying to get like the voice commands to work. It was just so much fun because they were just like, they were like, John, and like it wouldn't pick up the voice commands. Yeah, and it calibrate it. Yeah, and I tried uh, early on and gave up on it because you can also just use buttons to issue commands, and when you know it, buttons work better than voice. 
Oh yeah, I, I, I believe that. Oh man. Uh, speaking of commands, I'm really bad at transitions. Um, yeah. So, have you ever played a custom robo game before? No, I've heard of it though. Oh, oh my boy. Oh man. So, um, are these Gundams? So, kind of Gundam, more like. But no, they're. Uh, <laughs> they have. There's technically like four games in the series. There were two on the N64. That only came out in Japan because the U.S. sucks. Because, yes, fuck us. Um, <laughs> but then we got one on the GameCube and then later on one on the DS. But the GameCube one is the first one I played. Um, basically what it is is, like, it, it's kind of like your usual, like, Saturday morning, like, cartoon kind of anime kind of thing where, like, um, you know, here's your main character and then you go fight battles to save people and there's this main bad guy and, like... Um, what was cool about it was that, like like the name suggests, you get to customize your robot, and there's different, like, parts that affect, I guess, that affect how your, your guy fights. So, like, there are different uh, legs that affect how he jumps, if he has, like, a hover, how fast he runs, stuff like that. Uh, I shouldn't say he, it. Um, there's uh, different guns that have different, like, firing patterns. Like, there's... Uh, there's, like, a dragon arm thing that, like, shoots fireballs. There's, like, a gun that'll shoot in, like, a, like a three-way, kind of, like, V pattern almost. There's just all sorts of different customization options. And then, the like, when I first played that as a kid, I was like, dude, this is so badass. This is so freaking cool. And then uh, I got it as an adult. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's still cool, but, like, I can see why not a lot of people liked it. But, I mean, it's, it's still fun um but uh the ds version like the ds game that came out like the it's called custom robo arena that one's still pretty good um and then they just kind of abandoned the series which is mm. it should also be a crime because i feel like it'd just be it'd be perfect for being like an online switch game you know customized robot beat up kids online and take their lunch money i don't see why it's not, not a thing yet I'm going to interject with my weird release data for this game because this is a really weird one. I sent you a, a link in Facebook Messenger, but I'm going to talk about it now. The first one came out in Japan on the Nintendo 64 in 1999. In 2006, the first one came out in China on the IQ Player. Have you ever heard of the console called the IQ Player? never me either it was a nintendo 64 like for only the chinese market it's got a weird controller i've never heard of this its lifespan was 2003 to 2016 what holy shit this is bizarre um the iq player then uh the little controller you sent me reminds me, it's like a mix of the N64 with like, uh, um, what was that one? The, the original Xbox controller? The like, yeah, what do they yeah, call the, it? The, the Duke. Big Warrior. The Duke, that's what it was, yeah. Oh man, that really looks like the Duke, yeah. Um, yeah. It's Chinese name for the IQ player translates to Divine Gaming Machine. Oh hell yeah. Do you guys uh, get the new Divine Gaming Machine? <laughs> 
weird. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk. We're gonna have to talk more about that on Facebook. <laughs> we really do. That's so wild. Um, but yeah, it's uh, before we go on to yours, I should say that uh, the, the yeah, custom robo. Uh, one on GameCube is good. One on DS is good. No other games have come out, but there's uh, a game that's really similar to it on 3DS called. Uh, um, oh my gosh. Sorry, I looked away at something else. It's a little Battler's experience on the 3DS. Another one that is overlooked, but it's it's almost scratches that custom robo-ish. It's so good. Uh, yes, please go. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about another multiplayer game that more people need to play, and it is Tricky Towers. Oh, have you ever played Tricky Towers? I haven't, but I've like I've heard of it and I've seen videos of it, and I want to get it. I play it on Switch. It's another wonderful, wonderful multiplayer game. So the gist of it is, it's like Tetris, but there are no walls on the side, and there are actual physics like gravity and wind and stuff. And so there are three different modes. There's race, survival, and puzzle. And in race and survival, you just want to build your tower tall and fast. But sometimes there's wind, there's power-ups that you can either use to help yourself or ruin your friends. Like, uh, they'll make your pieces be ice for a little bit, which makes them slide everywhere. Or That's they'll, cool. they'll make them uh, turn into, like, a piano or a cabinet, which is, like, a really awkward shape and makes it hard to stack puzzles on. Or for yourself, you can make your pieces, like, uh, vine together so that they stick together better and they don't fall everywhere. It's, it's just really fun to play. Our favorite mode is actually the puzzle mode, which is hard to describe. You start with a platform on the bottom and there's a laser beam a few feet above, and you have to stack as many pieces as you can below the laser beam. And whoever stacks the most pieces in that little puzzle platform wins. That one's really fun because things get out of hand fast. You you learn like advanced techniques that you share with your friends. It's It's just a really fun time. And I want to say, uh, I'm really surprised that, let me look up real quick, the developers who made it, Weird Beard Games, uh, Tricky Towers came out in 2016, but they're like, like if you go to their Twitter, I was like, what are these guys working on next? Because I want to see what they're working on next. They're still just all about Tricky Towers and sharing yep. posts yep. and making posts about tricky towers and and like dudes like make make more games you guys are talented i was just surprised that <laughs> six years later they haven't come out with anything else i uh yeah i need to get that then because i mean i do love me some puzzle games but yeah like a physics-based tetris i'm surprised that hasn't been done before yeah yeah it's fun So my next one, speaking of puzzles, just kidding. Um, so the next one I have written down is, um, I guess, yeah, it's another one that, like, nobody talks about when you think of racing games, but uh, uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing mm. Transform. Yeah. This one, uh, like, whenever you talk about people's favorite racing games nowadays, it's always, like, Mario Kart or Forza. But, uh, crash uh, team racing there you go yep but i guess i guess this one was sonic and racing whatever transform was released uh back on the 
Yeah, on the 360. So, I mean, it's kind of old-ish, but it's backwards compatible now. But um, So, yeah, it's basically kind of like uh, like Diddy Kong Racing, where, like, as you go through the track, your car will transform into, into different vehicles because there's, like, water segments, there's air segments, of course, your land segments with your fucking car. Um, but there's also, like, different Sega characters who, like, already have different specialties. Um, but you can also, like, uh, you can also, like, mod their vehicles so that their vehicle is, is, is better at different things. Like, with any car racer, I'm all about acceleration and handling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I used, uh, you remember uh, Samba Amigo, the little monkey with the sombrero and maracas? Of course. Oh, my gosh. He, he was my main in that game for sure. His car was like a little choo-choo train. Oh, man, he was so badass. Um, we have these other Sega characters, like, obviously, Sonic, and there's, uh, um, there's, like, a little dwarf guy from Golden Axe. <laughs> which, specifically, um, which one was this? Because there was a couple Sonic racing games. Yeah, so it's called Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Well, you're forgetting about Danica Patrick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Danica <laughs> Patrick was it. Actual NASCAR driver. Danica Patrick. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. I saw that on Twitter the other day, and I was like, "Is this real? She's she's driving." Yeah, a... that was real. Wow. I remember. I remember specifically when when you when you pick her before you play a race, the announcer would, would announce the, the announcer guy would say her pronounce her name as Danica Patrick. Oh. But I'm like I've only ever heard her name from like South Park, so I, I know it as Danica Patrick. Uh, <laughs> but. Her car in the game yeah. is called the Dana Car. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She's not in the Japanese version of the game either. Yeah. Oh man. What's what's? Oh man, that was such a good game. I remember there was um. There was some like DLC for it, which was done in like a goofy like different way. So like, if you. If you pre-ordered the game, like I did, because I was cool back in that day, there was like a, a Metal Sonic deal, or DLC where you could get like Metal Sonic, and then you also got um, these different levels from the game Outrun. Hmm. And then, um, and then on on Christmas of like whatever the hell year that came out, um, they unlocked Alex Kidd, and then there was one other one that I forget, but it was done in like a real odd manner um but no yeah that, that, that game it i mean yes it's a sega racing game it's not mario kart or forza but it was really really good it played for it i just love that that game seemed to really embrace the sega history um and and had all those characters like even the ones that you've uh never heard of is kiryu in it I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so, no. He's in Monkey Ball, but he's not in Sega Racing. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know why he wasn't... Oh, I guess I don't know what he would have driven. Um, Maybe like a Lamborghini. I don't know what the hell he drives. Yeah, he doesn't actually drive too much. They had a... They had a... The guy from Shenmue, Ryu, they had him in there, and he drove oh, a fucking wow. forklift. Nice, that's good, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I have I have one more game on my list. It is. This is where you're supposed to say. Speaking of forklifts, 
Yeah, that's not that's not. There's no transition with forklifts into this. <laughs> the, the best forklift in a video game <laughs> is in Battlefield Three, <laughs> because you could drive yeah, the actually... forklifts and they moved so insanely slow. It was a it, it became a meme where they would uh, they had a trailer for the game that showed like four people climbing into a forklift and it driving really slowly through the battlefield. And then they threw some C4 on it and like jumped out of it and it's still like coasting along. And then all four of them are just <laughs> hitting the button over and over again to make it blow up. That was back when Battlefield was good. Oh, oh you're triggering my cold. <laughs> <So good. laughs> Anyways, that's not my hidden gem because Battlefield 3 is a, it's a treasure. Um, my last game is The Unfinished Swan, which... I've never heard of that. You've never heard of it? I don't think so. Okay. It's uh it's made by the devs who made What Remains of Edith Finch. It was their first game that came out in 2012 and it's often forgotten cuz it was a PlayStation Network only game. It never had a physical release. Ooh. And okay. uh yeah, and and uh people obviously remember What Remains of Edith Finch more because it's I mean it's a better game, I'll be honest. But The Unfinished Swan is incredible. It starts you off the screen is just white and it doesn't give you any information about anything it's just a white screen and eventually you figure out if you hit the right trigger you throw a ball of black paint in front of you and it hits and splatters and paints the environment around you and that's how you traverse through the game is everything is invisible and you have to throw balls of paint to paint your environment and that's everything cool. around you and that's how you traverse it. So you have to like throw it at the ground, the walls. There's there's enemies too. Uh, eventually, it evolves into something more. It's not paint the whole way through. Like eventually, there's a section where you there are vines, and you have to throw water on the ground and walls to make the vines go up. And then you can climb the vines to get to different places. Or there's an area where you have to make a glowing orb travel with you, and you have to stay near it, or else you'll get eaten by monsters. But the main thing, most of it is that paint area, and it's just such a cool concept. That's all you do is throw the paintballs, and and you like go through these castles, and you go through through uh, swamps and stuff, and you have to paint everything by throwing paint at it. It's 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 a neat idea, and it's it does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it's overshadowed by what remains of Edith Finch, and I'm excited for whenever their next game comes out. They're they're working away on it, but I will definitely buy that day one. I love how a good bunch of these are, are puzzle games, because, hell yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, puzzle games are great. Uh, so the last one I have uh, is probably is kind of like a new-ish one. Uh, but yeah, ARMS. Uh, ARMS! Switch. Yeah. Nobody, nobody talks about that game. I mean, they had tournaments and stuff, but no, nobody ever talks about that game, and it's a shame, because it was... For what it was, it was really good. Um, but yeah, uh, it came out five years ago, almost to the day, June sixteenth, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Are you kidding? Where did yeah, time it was, go? It was in that like year that the Switch came out, and like each month there was like one big Nintendo exclusive, and then uh, Arms was the one for June. And I remember like that game was just 
at the time, like when it first came out, I thought, oh, it's just it's just Punch Out, but with stretchy arms. But then it came out, and it was like, it was actually really really cool because you could uh, different characters have their own different like mechanics to them. Like um, there was this one guy named Helix who's like made out of like goo, and um, you could hold certain buttons to make him like squish down to avoid an attack coming at him, or he could like bend his body in different ways to avoid attacks. Um, there was this this one named uh, it was like Mr. Mummy or something like that. But like he, if you if while you were guarding, he would regenerate health because he's a mummy. Um, but yeah, then there were different like obviously you have two arms, so you get equip like a different arm to each arm if that makes sense. Yep. There was like there was one called the toaster, which was like when you charge it up, it'll start on fire, and if you hit an enemy with it, they'll take like tick damage. Um, there were also ones like uh. There was these ones that were based on, like, birds that, like, when you throw a punch, the bird would, like, fly off your fist and kind of, like, curve at the enemy. And, like, it was super deep, too, because, like, it was more than just punch and hit your enemy. It was, like, like read, read their movements and, like, you know, depending on where you think they're going to go, throw your punch, maybe arc it a little bit, or, like, maybe, you know, grab your enemy and then, you know, beat the shit out of them with your... Uh, with your special thing. Um, and then they, they had um, quite a bit of DLC that added like more characters and stuff and added more arms and stuff. Um, and I'm pretty sure all the DLC was free. Cause I don't remember like paying for any kind of like season pass or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you like, if you like fighting games and you have a switch, it's, it's actually pretty damn good. Like I, I still play it every now and again to this day. I uh, I played the demo when it came out, and I was really impressed with a couple of things. Um, one was how it, it kind of had an almost rock, paper, scissors-like way to it. Like, there was punching, yeah. grabbing, and blocking, and punching exactly. beat yep. grabbing, but didn't beat blocking. Blocking beat punches, but didn't beat grabbing. And so you had to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I loved was the curving of the punches. It was motion-based, so you would actually do the punching, but you would, like... After throwing your punch, you could tilt the the controller to make your arm curve in different ways as it was going, and that was that felt really good. That's that's something that yeah. is literally not in any other fighting game. And like, and I, I enjoy like the different uh, the different abilities that each character have too, because it makes like other fighting games. It's like, oh, you know, this guy just has like different punches that hit at different levels, but like each character actually had different strengths and or weaknesses to them and it was it was it was such a neat game like it's it's really surprising that it didn't take off but i mean you know smash bros probably took over the whole whatever esport nintendo has but no arms is is so good i could see them maybe making a sequel it sold over two million copies which is where did where did i say that it's more than mario golf more than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, more than Pikmin 3, more than Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and they're making a sequel to that. So I could oh, see them yeah. I could see them making one. They should. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean and it was and it was it's it's wild how Nintendo is just so great at just uh not only shitting out like new ideas for different IPs, but also like making them good because like any copy can, or any any company could just 
dump out a new franchise and be like, yep, this is it, and then just not refine it or do anything to it, and it's just a piece, like, like, uh, with, like with the game ReCore for Xbox One, oh, it's wow. supposed to be this awesome new epic IP, but they just didn't put any time into it, but, uh, no, ARMS has, like, so much thought and polish put into it, it's just, it's unreal that it, it was just so good for a brand new IP on this brand new Nintendo console. Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for experimenting with genres. Like, yeah. Like, Nintendo games have a certain feel to them that no one else can match. And the way that they put that in different genres is so incredible. Like Splatoon. It's a it's a it's a online shooter made by Nintendo and you play it and you're like, "Yeah, that's they nailed it. That's exactly what this is." <laughs> And there's, yeah, like, each of their games, like, it, it kind of feels simple, but there there's a lot of depth. Like, if they, uh, if you remember, like, Mar- Super Mario Odyssey, you know, it's just a 3D platformer at first glance, but there's just so much depth to the different, like, moves that you can do with Mario. Like, you could skip entire parts oh of bubbles gosh, if you wanted yeah. to, as long as you could just chain together the right moves. And um, same goes with, like, with Splatoon, because there, there's different ways to, like, to build your character with like different uh, pieces of clothing that boost different stats and shit. But um, it, it's also, I guess why I usually end up playing on the switch more than anything else is because like, I kind of feel like uh, Sony is all about like third person adventure games, which yeah. is, is fine. Like that's fine. And then uh, I, Xbox is mostly about, racing and shooting but yeah nintendo just they have a lot of variety that i really enjoy because like i kind of get burnt out on 3d adventure games and sometimes i just want a fucking kirby game that i could just suck up an enemy and then walk off an edge <laughs> or something here here's a fun trivia question for you what okay. is the number one selling switch game that is not made by nintendo or the pokemon company i feel like i know this I'll, gi- I'll give you a hint. The top 29 games are made by Nintendo or the Pokemon Company, or there's one that was only released in Japan. Is, is that the one that's... Uh, no, that's not the one. one like... No, no, that's not the one you have to guess. Right. Oh, man. I thought I knew it, but I don't. What's the answer? It is Among Us. Three, <laughs> 3.2 million <laughs> copies. The 30th highest selling Switch game. Of course it is. It's only like five dollars. Oh man, how did I, how did I not know that? Right after, just behind is Minecraft, which makes sense. But how crazy is it that the top twenty-nine games are all Nintendo? Oh, there's a Capcom Monster Hunter Rise. Sorry, Monster Hunter Rise oh, is yeah. seventeen. That's yeah. I guess that doesn't surprise me then. And, my God, how long? Minecraft has been around for so freaking long too, and they just keep they keep getting out updates for that too. That also blows. But that's uh, that's that's all the hidden gems in the history of video games. Every other game was popular or sucks. Um, that's true. Yeah, don't even don't even bring your goddamn Uncharted's in here. I don't care. <laughs> we get Sorry, it. Uncharted Skyrim's <laughs> good. I I love your hatred towards Uncharted. I know that's not something we talked about on the I podcast, mean... but you no, you just hate how popular <laughs> Uncharted is. Like, it's just Indiana Jones. You don't think it's it deserves it. 
Like it's just Indiana Jones. I mean, I I, I could see how, how we'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, we. I, I'd actually love to discuss the Uncharted series because I have thoughts on it too. Um, but that's for another time. Uh, anything else you want to say about Hidden Gems? Um, no, that was it. I mean, uh, definitely check out those games, and uh, you talk. You can you can email us. If you, if you have any more recommendations or something that you feel like we should check out, but uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, or follow on Twitter because I am tweeting like fire. My tweets over the last few days have been really good and no one cares. And it's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> For real, yes, please. Even if, you, even if you don't use Twitter, at least follow us and like, yeah, interact with us. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess it's time for me to tell you what next week's episode is going to be about. I'm shaking with anticipation. I'm so I I really want to know what it is. I've been I've been like you. I've been bouncing around on a different couple different topics, and I'm gonna do another maybe out of the box one. I want to talk to you about the history and our favorites and our least favorite video game controllers. I want us to go oh, through all of them yes. and just talk about controllers. Because I have my favorites, I have my most hated, and I would love to compare and contrast those with you. Oh, that's good. That's a good one for sure. I have I have a lot of thoughts on controllers. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I guess that's the end of the show. Am I forgetting anything? No, that's it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's it, yeah. Okay, well then, goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye.